Broadcasting from the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado, it's time for Kick Set with USA Swimming, bringing you interviews with athletes, coaches, and experts from age group swimming to the national and Olympic teams. Thank you for joining us for Kick Set. I am your host for today, Dan McCarthy. I hope everybody's been doing well and enjoying the conference championship season, which is in full swing here at the end of February. Before you know it, NCAAs will be right around the corner and we'll be uh, right into long course season. Uh, in the uh, strictly USA swimming world, the second of the tier pro swim series events uh, will be held in a couple of weeks, March 6th through 10th in Des Moines, Iowa, coming off of a really awesome competition in Knoxville. We're really looking forward to Des Moines. Uh, our pro athletes following that competition, a number of them will have opportunity to train in Chula Vista, Southern California, uh, for a few weeks uh, as we roll out of the NCAA season and into the long course season. Uh, we've been hosting this for a number of years now, and it's turned out to be a really, really good opportunity for our national team athletes, the professional athletes, to get a chance to train together. A couple other events, the uh, USA Swimming will be hosting a national junior team uh, camp at Colorado Springs, and also the National Team Coaches Conference will be held at the beginning of the May, uh, right before we really, really jump into long course season. Uh, we look forward to all those events and hopefully having an opportunity to sit down and chat with uh, some of our favorite guests from the past and hopefully some new ones as well. Back in January in Knoxville, I had opportunity to sit down with uh, Kate Lunson from AquaJets and chat a little bit about a number of things. Anybody that knows Kate, I uh, know she's one of, uh, one of the most energetic coaches in USA Swimming and also one of the most successful whenever it comes to putting athletes on the national junior team and on the national team as well. So Kate and I sat down uh, between prelims and finals one day, and we talked about, um, you know, her life in Minnesota, um, you know, with, aside from a few years here or there, um, she's basically, you know, grew up there, uh, swam there, taught there, coached there. So she has a, a very, very good handle on what it takes to be successful in that state because it's, it's different everywhere and the challenges that they sometimes face uh, based on weather or um, or facilities. Uh, we spend a little bit of time talking about her coaching philosophy, uh, how much fun she is to be on deck with, or um, maybe challenging for her athletes at times. And definitely we spend some time talking about one of my uh, pet topics, which is, you know, what about kids these days? You always hear it come up and people talk about it. And i uh, always curious what the coaches think whenever they have an opportunity uh, to talk about the kids they trained today compared to the kids they trained 10, 20, 25 years ago. So Kate's going to offer her thoughts on that. I really hope you enjoy the podcast. And um, if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe through uh, whatever means you use to get your podcast so that you never miss one. Okay, let's take a listen. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to be here. Yeah, it is. So we're here for the uh, first pro swim series stop of the year and we're in Knoxville for the first time in a long time. I've I've been here for college dual meets. I can't remember the last time I've been here for a competition. 
Yeah, I, I've been here for a junior national meet they had a while back, and okay. I was here at the Olympic uh, training camp. For training yep, camp, yeah. Yep. Okay. 2012, so. Yeah, it's almost colder here than it is in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, Minnesota, were you born there? I was born there, yeah. And as far as I can tell, going through your bio, you've pretty much lived there your whole life, except for a few excur excursions here and there. Went to That's college right. there. That's right, and I went to college there. You went to Hamlin. Hamlin, Hamlin University. What is the mascot? Woohoo! It's a piper. If you know what a piper is, then tell me, and then I'll <laughs> tell you what it is. I have not. It's a piper. Whatever pipers do, they pipe. Okay. <laughs> they use a little pipe, and people are supposed to follow them, but it used to be little children. I don't think that's safe anymore, so I don't know what a piper does. Mm, yeah. Very uh, intimidating. Yeah. Oh, it's really. <laughs> when your colors are gray and red, it's really intimidating. You're pretty good there. 28-time All-American. Oh, woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> do you have any records there still? Do you know? Uh, my last one was broken last year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What did you study there? Uh, yeah, so um, you, I'm the Czech bachelor kind of person. Okay. I, uh, art major. So Perfect. A, lot, a lot of swim, swim coaches are art majors. <laughs> and hmm, I think there's a correlation there, but I, I can't tell you what it is. Like maybe I couldn't make money as an art artist. Mm. I tried it. You like to be creative. It comes uh, out in your workouts. Right. Maybe that's how that's how I like to look at it. It's a good idea. That's yeah. what George Heidinger <laughs> that's always what, tells that's me. That's what Chuck told me too. So, okay. <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, so, I'm going through your bio and I was completely surprised to find out that you did mission work. I did. In Johannesburg yep. and at a kibbutz in Israel? Yes. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. So, after college, I, I thought, what am I going to do with an art major? I didn't get a teaching license, and um, I just thought, what am I going to do? And so, an opportunity came in the mail, actually. By yeah. then, it was really the mail. We didn't have anything else. Sure. And it was talking about living in Israel uh, with a, in a kibbutz, and which is an incredible experience. It's a community. They could be nuclear scientists, they could be teachers, and they come together as a community and work together and live together. And so I was with an organization called Project Kibbutz, and I, I lived on that uh, particular kibbutz for a year and two months, and then I've been back since, but yeah. Okay. Um, I know some people that have done some missionary work, and they describe it as it changed their life. It and did. And changed their outlook, yeah. it changed everything. It did. What did it change for you? I totally, you know, born in Minnesota, I'm the youngest of five kids, and I really didn't have a direction in life, and it just opened up the world for me. I just saw the world as a big place, and and at the same time, it's a very small place. And from there, I met a lot of South Africans, okay. and then I went and worked at, actually at a church in, in Johannesburg. And all of those experiences, because they were uncomfortable, changed my life. Okay. It really did. It it made me grow up for one thing, but it just changed my perspective and outlook in life. That life's pretty big and it's okay and you're going to make mistakes, but you got to keep plugging away. My sister-in-law did some mission work in Guatemala. Okay. And we haven't talked a lot about it, but I see the biggest, the funniest thing for her is that she laughs heartily at American problems. Oh, yeah. yeah. When the kids tell me, oh, my car broke down. I said, okay, sure. Did your, what, is that it? <laughs> yeah. And it's true. What you see, you know. Your floor is not dirt. It, no, that's exactly <laughs> right. It is totally different perspective on life. Okay. Um, one of the reasons I approached you 
many years ago was because I was learning everything I knew about Minnesota for coming there for the U.S. Open Mm -hmm. um, in the early 2000s when I believe it was, I think, a high of negative 12. Yeah, (laughs) sounds right. In early December, and I (laughs) found that shocking. Um, And that everything else I was learning was from John Sanford Uh novels. Um, And so I was under the impression that there was a lot of psychotic killers running around Minnesota, and it was really cold. So I had to talk to you and find out how far off am I. And I had such a bad reaction because I still remember that conversation. I thought, who is the heck is John Sanford? Sanford, yeah. But it's like criminal scary things. I am not going to be reading that. Like that scares me. I, as I was telling you today, um, I read uh, William Kruger. Okay. And he talks about the North North up north in Minnesota, right next to Canada. And that's where what I love. And here yeah. are mysteries, but they're happy endings. Oh, happy yeah, endings. Yeah. Nobody dies. Nobody di- Well, people die, but it's not that bad. I mean, that sounds terrible. It is bad, but it's not that bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm still going with like my uh, my John Sanford uh, impression to right. this date. And the really, really cold part, although I have been there in August now for, I guess, whenever we had nationals uh-huh. there. We had nationals there. And I would think people would be surprised to know how hot it gets. Yes, yes. I mean, literally, I mean, it gets so hot. I mean, and the humidity in Minnesota is very high as well in the summer. So it gets really hot. I mean, it's not a long season, but it gets right. hot. Yeah. We're in the 90s often, even sometimes in the 100s, but in the 90s for sure. Any... Any out, how many outdoor pools are there? Well, okay, in Minnesota, in the Minneapolis area, St. Paul area, there's probably five, one, two, three, five, maybe that every team uses. Right. And then, then we have one at the U that not a lot of teams use, and then one at Rochester, which is an hour and a half away. So it's uh, really rough. Yeah. Meter practices. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about training. Okay. Um. So you came back from your missionary work. Is, did you decide, okay, I'm going to be a coach now, or did you? That would have been so great. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot simple. easier. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't, I think, what am I going to do now? Okay, I've just had this great opportunity, and I kind of got through, thrown into coaching. Someone approached me and said, hey, why don't you coach? And so I tried it out, and I thought, well, okay. Was that a high school? It, I coached at high school for 10 years, Eden Prairie High School, but okay. I also coached, coached at the same time a, a club team. All right. Eden yep. Prairie, they were state champs, weren't they? Yes, we were. Yep. Okay. Yep. So very good. You, you did your research. <laughs> uh, everybody knows that. Well, yeah, the first state meet we could have won, I left the relay card in my pocket. So because of that, they made a new rule. It's not really called the Kate rule, but it should have been because I lost the state championship because a relay card was in my pocket. That's. I mean, that's interesting because... Every great coach has a story like that, don't they? Yeah. I mean, the, when you hear about this happening, heart. you know, and you're, you just know. I mean, obviously, it's not intentional. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, I didn't do any. I just had it in my back pocket, gave it to him right when the relay finished, and we got we got crushed. Yeah. So that, but next next four years, I think we went after that. So right. It helped, but or forgetting the entry on the national form. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, the that's just the worst. I've done that before too. But, <laughs> but you've had athletes on the national junior team, the national team, the Olympic team. Any one of those more 
impactful to you than the other? I mean, it's like picking your favorite child, I guess. Well, and you can't do that because every experience and every kid is so different that, um, you know, the national junior team, when I had Rachel and Abby and Van on it, was very different than the national junior team is right now. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I don't I would have never gotten the opportunities I, I have now because if they didn't perform and mm-hmm. they did. So because of the national junior team and then Rachel making the national team in the Olympics, you know, it kind of took my swimming coaching career to the next level, which helped a lot, right? right. A lot of good coaches out there that will never have a kid uh, on those levels, but they're still good coaches. But I was fortunate enough to have swimmers that are good enough to get on that level. So, Yeah, I think you underplay your role there a little bit. I mean, I think the, I guess the amount of dedication and amount of time and the enthusiasm you bring to it, that's made a difference. Well, it does. I mean, and you have to have an incredible staff that works with mm-hmm. you because if I didn't have the staff, even today in, in 2019, my staff, if I didn't have them, and we're all very, very different, but I, I don't know what I would do. So it, it always takes community. And so to pick one or the other, I couldn't do that. No. Right. Yeah. Um, one thing I do know is you don't really care how fast your tenant under swim, do you? No, I don't. How come? <laughs> well, I had a, a little girl who at eight years old was a 24-time state champion. And, you know, by the time the older she got, the more burned out she got. And s- suddenly when you're eight and you're big, nine and 10, and you're still big and still really good, and then 11 and 12, and you're still good, but then 13 and 14, they start catching up to you mm-hmm. and you're not as good. It's really hard to watch a kid go through that. Yeah. And it's not just because of that, but I've seen it over and over and over that, you know, it will it will work out and I want them to stay in the sport. Sure. Yeah. Well, I know there was a time where we had uh, eight and under rankings. Yes, even. that's just oh, horrific. Sure, <laughs> sure, I agree. Um, so that kind of leads into your training philosophy mm-hmm. then. So you're teaching them to swim well and swim correctly when they're young, and then tons of yardage when they're older. Yeah, no, okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> I love that. I, I wish I could tell you my philosophy. You'd probably anyone who comes to visit, they always go, "Oh my goodness, total chaos." But anyway, so um, with the young kids, it's about enjoying the sport, and of course, uh, it, it is interesting because sometimes the parents at nine and ten are very intense with their kids, yeah, and because they don't get the sport, totally understand that, and they don't understand how long that journey is, and the journey. As we've been in swimming for a long time, the journey is years and years and years. You alluded to earlier, you know, like what Chuck says and what George says about being an artist right, and bringing that right. to the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, I guess, almost kind of artistically. Uh, well, I don't know if everybody thinks that way who works with me, but I always think of myself in, you know, a lot of people think A, B, C, D. I think A, G, Z. Mm. B, F, and I'm sure Travis and my crew totally uh, crazy. Right. But I that's just the way I, I think. I, I try to change to think more sequentially, I guess it would be called. Right. 
I don't think like that at all. No, that's yeah, fine. No. <laughs> okay. But there has to, is there a set or a practice, a particular thing that somebody that swam for you 15 years ago and, you know, say, you know, Isabel that's swimming for you now. Right. That they would say, oh, yeah, that's that's something, that's a cake set. Oh, boy. You know, I was asking the kids because that question today, and they go, no, it, I, I don't think no, I really have that. I think uh, what happens is, I get caught on something like right now I'm really into temple. Mm-hmm. And so we're working a lot this season on temple. Okay. And uh, of course we always work on kick. We even did that with Rachel and Abby and Van back in the day. I mean, kick has always been something to incorporate in that in the swimming, but I, I can't say, and you know, they say, what's well, the temple set you always do? Well, that's this year. I don't right. know. It'll be next year. Fair <laughs> so, enough. Okay. Um, so we talked about a little bit earlier, coaching in Minnesota, you're always dealing with um, some sort of advert. Well, I shouldn't say always, but right. the, the opportunity to deal with adverse conditions, right. whether it be snowstorms, debilitating cold, um, you know, some awfully humid, muggy day. Is, is there a story you have that encapsulates that? Or is it, uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we have them from Pennsylvania, of oh. like getting stranded at state championships for a week because yeah. you couldn't get out. They couldn't oh, get the... my goodness. No, we have nothing like in Minnesota because they expect it. Right. right? So we've got the plows up before the, the snow even starts. Mm-hmm. And they are really good at their jobs. I mean, I'm sure all our lakes are salt water now because they put so much salt on the road. But... I mean, we don't really uh, have anything like that, that the weather's been so bad. In March last year, in April last year, we had a huge snowstorm, so swimming was shut down. That was kind of cool, Yeah. right? We all were stuck at home. I have a fireplace, so life was good. Right. But no, it's not. We don't have really trauma uh, because the snow plows are really good. Right. I mean, here... Like they said, if they get a little bit of snow in Tennessee, they just don't have the plows. Right. Well, you know? like a juniors. Yeah. Oh, Carolina. exactly. I heard that. We were in Texas. So yeah. yeah. No problem. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're talking a little bit about the kids. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my new favorite topics. Uh, so you've been coaching enough years now to have seen, you know, 20 years worth of kids. Right. Are the kids different now than they were 20 years ago? Have they changed? This is a topic I'm always, it's it's about trying to communicate to this generation. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking about it back when I first started coaching. And do I communicate the same way? Of course, it's my personality. Sure. But it's very, I feel it's very different, um, this generation, than, say, even 10, 15 years ago. Uh, when I say that... I'm not saying it's bad, but I feel that they want more investment in everything. Not that they put more investment into it, but they want more say in the process. Hmm. Back in the day, if I told someone, I want you to do this, unless it was Rachel Bootsma, I kicked her out of practice once and she said no. She wouldn't leave. She sat in the locker room. She said, I am not leaving. <laughs> That's, we always talk about that story. But anyway, it's it's longer than that. I won't bore you with it. But I think they they feel that they should have the right to invest more in what's going on. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I, I don't mind the communication, uh, but sometimes I just, when they say, why are we doing it? It says, because I'm telling you to do it, you're going to just do it. Right. right. Right? So I think that's the difference. You have to 
not that you shouldn't always have understood why, but they expect more. And I think expect, expect more that they can give more um, concerning workout wise and what they think works and what does not work. Uh, I, like I could never get my kids now to do, you know, 2500s often, if ever. Right. Back in the day, you know, when I swam, my coach would put it on the board. You, you wouldn't even question it. You might mumble under your breath, but you just right. do it. It's not the same way. Huh. That is, I mean, I find that interesting um, because, you know, we're talking about when they get to your group. What are they, 13, 14? No, the oldest, the youngest in my group have to be 15. Okay. Or turning 15. So in the national group, again, it's just from years as experience. I've. Like I have a kid that could be on the national team right now, and she's 14, and I, I'm not letting her be. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's interesting because by the time they they get to you, sure they have this approach, they have this method, but up till that point, they've been they don't drive. They're at home. Right. Their parents are the ones. Right. So I always I'm curious if it's the parents that have changed and it's not the kids. So another good question. I don't know if that means that the kids have changed, but the parents, I mean, I think like anything, and I'll tell you an example, um, I love to work with my hands. I don't mm -hmm. care if it's building something or doing something. I just love working with my hands. Um, and, you know, I thought I could build this deck off my cabin. I thought, no, I can do that. I'd get my sisters and brothers, and I can do that. And uh, I Googled it. You know, I could do yeah. it. Because everybody is a, perf a professional after you Google something. Oh, you did you know, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, then I got involved in it, and I called my brother from Montana, who's a construction guy who's built houses for 25, 30 years. I said, I need your help. So he did come because there's no way I could accomplish it, even though I knew I was an expert after Google. Sure. And I, I think that's what parents do. They look at YouTube and they think they know what it is to coach and what swimming is supposed to look like after looking at Katie Ledecky. And I think they get a lot of coaching at home, mm -hmm. the kids nowadays. And I think by the time they get my group, they're telling mom and dad, forget it. Right. But it's influenced them. Of course, parents are going to influence them. We want their parents to influence sure. them. So yeah. everybody's an expert because of YouTube. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I know having two little ones myself and we really try to push the whole, you know, you're doing this because it's fun and it's with your friends and right. all that sort of stuff. Um, but if there isn't a little piece of success tied to it. Right. It gets hard. Right. You know, because everybody is doing everything to be successful. Right. Uh, even when you're 11, 12 years old. Exactly. You know, even moving groups. That's what we found out with our parents. If, if our, the, we have one, two, and three, threes being the best ones being entry in good swimmers, C, mm -hmm. B times. Um, if they don't get to number two, it's like a, an F on a report card. There's not really, there's very little difference between one, two, and three. But sure. to the parents and the kids, they feel they have failed. I think it's Eddie Reese or somebody said, you know, kids burn out because they don't, they quit getting best times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's exactly right. They quit getting, they don't have that success. Suddenly the fun's not, not there any longer. Right. So I do agree with that. And I mean, they are going to go through trial and tribulation we want them to because yep. that's how life is going to be so fail yeah um 
But the funny thing is, I, I, maybe because I'm older now, I don't remember the conversations about uh, the importance or that these kids are different. I remember reading all the funny quotes, like right. all the way back to Nero, like right. his violin teacher was talking about how awful this generation of kids is. Yeah. Um, so every generation, yeah. it's kind of like a little joke, uh -huh. but it seems to be such a prominent uh, theme now. And I don't know if there's such a disconnect now because of technology between, you know, say like the kids' grandparents and the children right. now or something along the lines. One thing I do know is that they're faster than the last group of right. kids. I know. So they are improving. They are improving. It is incredible. And that, to me, uh, astounds me that they're improving at the rate they are doing because they're not doing this. They're, these guys are putting a lot of work in. We know that. And But I think the nutrition's better. I think practices are smarter. Mm -hmm. um, and the way they're doing things are smarter. We, have, we are really blessed by able to see imagery is so important yeah. now. And these kids are... These kids were all born with a cell phone in their hand, yes, they were. and uh, you know, generation before was not. So uh, they they're always seeing response. They can see right away how they've done. They can look at here at Knoxville. You guys are have all these videos of them. It's fantastic. Right. So they're getting that feedback, and because I believe is it, but I believe they're a, a generation of imagery. They need the imagery, visualization, and they yeah. need that visualization that that. They get it right away. They get their quick response right away. So, is it sustainable? Like, what do we do next? Does it got to be like hologram? I now? probably, I don't. I mean, I would have never thought I would be holding my life in my hands, right, right. with that phone. Like when I leave home without it, I think, oh my goodness, get dial-up rotary phones. When I saw the button, I was there. My friend got her first microwave. We thought this is the coolest thing in the world. Sure. You know, so three um, channels. Yeah, that's right. We'd have to get up and actually turn our mm -hmm. TV station. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Before this turns the old folks yeah, radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I am laughing um, talking about this because this group is really fast. I know. Like the last oh, two goodness. years and looking forward to like what's coming up within yeah. the next two. And, you know, you keep wondering, like, when does the curve plateau? I don't know. I I. I I thought it would plateau after the suits were out. Well, I was so wrong about that, yeah. right? I mean, they just keep getting faster. I don't know. It is a great question. It's going to eventually have to go. It's not going to be zero, zero. But I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, you have this very energetic air about you. Do you bring this every day? Okay. So I guess that today I have only two. And I they're pretty critical. But anyway, so... I said, you guys, um, they want to know. They go, okay, do not lie to them. You are crabby so many times. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. How do they yeah. know? I, they know because I'll say, okay, you guys, I'm really mad. You're going to start again. And they know when I'm mad. But the one thing about me, and that is my, I really think the only crown I can put on my head, I am mad at them for about five seconds and it's over. And they know it. Yeah. Because deep down, I want the best for every kid. And, I mean, I think most coaches do. But, you know, I get mad and I'm passionate and I'm a yeller. Like, Allison Beebe, I was coaching with her. I never saw her raise her voice. I'm whistling and screaming. And, and uh, man, I want to be more like that. But I'm not. No, you so I do bring a lot of energy. I don't sit down. I, I do right. bring a lot of energy. But it's not always... Oh, you're so good. Oh, yeah. It's kind of sometimes mean. Is there any 
Is there any advantage to negative reinforcement? Probably not. No. But it helps me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Especially with this generation, everybody's a winner. Have you had an athlete come back to you, um, and I've had this happen to me, come back to you and say, you know, that one day at practice, you pulled me out and you told me so-and-so, and man, I think about that every day. Uh-huh. And then I sit there and I say, wow, I don't remember that conversation. Oh, yes. I've had those conversations. I mean, they've come back and I just go, oh, my goodness. I'm glad I didn't say something bad. Something awful. Because I, I, I'm sure I have. I so mean, it's the importance of being on I your A game, man. I mean, that is the... That is something, because I do think about that. How have I, and I don't think we have that much power, but we do have a lot of power when we're on that pool deck. And it, part of me, I just want to be always aware of that because sure. of how you speak to the kids. But sometimes my passion just vomits out, and then I'm just going, oh, I probably ruined that child's life. <laughs> Shoot. I mean, I did tell a, a coach just come up to me the other day, and he said, because I'm coaching our 9 and 10 groups a couple times a week. It's a, it's, that's been good for me. Yeah. And um, I, I did say, okay, you guys look like second graders. Like, come on, that was so bad. And I said, okay, now you've moved up to fourth grade. And uh, <laughs> I, one of the coaches came back. If I would have said that, I would have gotten in so much trouble. And I, and I said, well, I think it's the way you deliver it. Yeah. You have a deep voice, and I don't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they did tell their parents at home, Kate just said we were second graders. But they, they know I do it to try to push them to the next level. But tying this all together, it's one of the things, because we've been involved in, like, travel baseball and travel basketball. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm talking about this stuff and. Here I have an 11-year-old that's done all these things that I'm like, is this a good idea or not? You almost have to go along to get along. Um, But watching some of the the young kids on his team um, being in a game with, you know, maybe 70 people Mm -hmm. watching, Mm -hmm. coming in in the bottom of the sixth and giving up a winning home run and losing the game. And it's a 9-, 10-year-old, and you're wondering – they're, they can't possibly be equipped right. to deal with this. Right. So they're either going to be just crazy resilient mm-hmm. or in therapy. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> when they're, and I don't know which one it is. Well, I got to tell you, uh, I have a parent from Norway on our team. And um, uh, she sent me an article because if you look at uh, skiing in the last Olympics, mm-hmm. who is the best team out there? USA. No. No. In skiing. In, in, in it was Norway. Was it Norway? They were the smallest. Cross-country they, skiing? They, no, the downhill. downhill. They won more gold medals than anybody else. Okay. And and the country is about, you know, you can fit in the fist of your hand. It's a very small country. And she sent me an article, and they don't score any games. doesn't matter if it's skiing or or swimming or anything. No, they don't have a lot of good swimming. But anyway, <laughs> they don't score any game until I think they're 13 or 14. So they play soccer. They have teams, but there's no score. They just play. Wow. They they do whatever it is, there's there's no scoring. So the kids learn what it is to have fun. Right. And so this ski team, I read the articles, the ski team said, you know, this is fun for us. This is what we love to do. And because they had that when they were young. I think it is crazy at nine and ten the pressure these kids feel. I don't think. Don't listen to this. I don't think I did any homework in high school. 
Maybe that's why I'm an art major. I was an art major, but the pressure these kids spend hours. Yeah. I mean, I I don't. I mean, I passed, but I don't remember doing homework. So before I let you go here, you mentioned the the Kruger right. book. Any other books from 2018 you want to recommend? Well, that's my thing. Is uh, you asked me what would my favorite book be, and I thought, well, whatever one I'm reading, because mm. if I don't like the book, I just put it down and don't okay. read it again. <laughs> so that's uh, so. Right now, I don't even know the name of the book, but uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's a mystery, and it's back in the 1800s, so okay. it, it's it's taking place in Ireland or something. So, you know, it, it's really dependent. I just don't want it to be, like, too scary. I've never watched a horror film ever in my life, and so if it's, uh, you know, okay finish, I'm good with it. All right. Yeah, but I don't read the finish first. I don't like that. No, 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 no. no. you got to be surprised. Yeah. Okay, um, and then the surprise question for you. So you're driving to, pr- to morning practice, you're uh, by yourself. What are you putting on the radio? My book. Oh, your book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So my you book. read it and listen I, to yeah, it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I listen to it. I'm a, I'm a listener. You're a listener. So I like, yeah, that is nice. I, I love it. So I it, I love the car. I mean, I would drive cross country if I could. I love to drive. There's something. Well, I'm a great driver. The kids don't think I am, but I'm a really good driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for your time. Hey, Dan, thank you. Okay. I hope you enjoyed uh, your time listening to Kate as much as I enjoyed my time talking to her. Uh, She really was wonderful, and uh, we had a a great conversation that I really enjoyed. Okay. That's it for today. Um, If you have not already subscribed to the Kickset podcast, make sure that you do. If the opportunity exists for you to give us a rating, five stars, please, that would be great. It helps us uh, continue to be able to bring you these interviews. Take care, and uh, I look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for listening to Kickset with USA Swimming. Check out www.usaswimming.org slash kickset for more episodes and add Kickset to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes.